where two American ladies talk about drinking tea and watching British television shows. I am your host, Melissa. And I am your other host, Sarah. Uh, we're on the social. Are you on the social? Who? <laughs> I mean, understandable if you're not on Facebook because, wow, that is a lot right now. But we're on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. We have a website. It is tandsympathypod.com. We have an email address where we would like you to send us love letters. Um, maybe the founders of Shower Cap are listening and they want to sponsor us. Uh, you can email us at tandsympathypod at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash tandsympathypod.com. We are on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Podbean. What is up, Mom? And <laughs> all of the we're in Sweden. We're yeah. in Sweden now. We, I mean, we physically are not in Sweden. Well, I'm not physically right. Like, but maybe the Crown Prince of Sweden because they have princes there. Uh, maybe he's listening. Maybe the crown prince of Luxembourg turned him on to turned him on to it and was like, "Hey, bro, you gotta listen to this." <laughs> one of these, one of these ladies is husband hunting. One of these, one of these broads is husband hunting. Um, do you do you want to do tea talk? Tea? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just drinking. I'm just having a regular cup of berries with some milk but you tried a new a new irish tea i did although i am currently also drinking berries with uh, (laughs) milk uh because uh my lovely friend sarah aka your co-hostess with the mostest um she sent me some lion's tea um which you had told me one is dublin and one is yeah so lion cork lions is dublin and berries is cork Berries is cork. Yep. I, I'm curious to know what Bewley's is. I may have to Google it. Uh, but so I tried lions, um, and it's fine. It's, but you prefer berries. I prefer berries. It's, it's, it's a little, it's a little weak tea. Hmm. Interesting. It's good. It's suitable. It's like a good, like, it's a good everyday cuppa. Gotcha. It works. It's fine. It doesn't actually taste too much of like tea. I was, it had, I had such promise because when I unboxed it, I should have done an unboxing video, but when I unwrapped it and I was like, Ooh, this smells lovely. And then I realized that like it smelled lovely because it was like 180 tea bags in a box <laughs> and that's why it smells good. But like then individually I'm like, Oh, this is tea? <laughs> Question mark. Tea? Question mark. I ordered some loose tea from my favorite website, <laughs> Presto George. And I was hoping it would be it's here by now. My favorite website. I love its name. Presto really George. Like it just uh, tickles me to no end. I was really hoping that it would be here by today so I could brew um, I could brew it up. I ordered some Assam. Um, I'm assuming I'm emphasizing the right syllable on that word. Assam. <laughs> oh my God, I love that you got that reference. Some people don't get that reference and it hurts me a little bit. I'm sorry. I do. I'm here for you. I got you. Um, Put the so, wrong accent on the wrong syllable. 
I, I ordered some Assam black tea and then some Darjeeling tea. Mm. Uh, they had several varieties from like specific estates and, and I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know what any of that means, but they were, some of them were quite reasonable and some of them were a bit more expensive, but um, Presto George has really got the tea game on lock. They have a, a, a wide <laughs> selection of black tea, green tea, white tea, red tea. Oh, see, I don't want all that shiz. Um, they have the the Chinese, like, um, the blooming tea. Like, you put the... I don't like that either. Sachet. And I've never tried it. I just, you know, if, if you out there in the tea world are interested... <laughs> I love how much, like, a snob I am about the wrong stuff. Where I'm like, no. <laughs> no. It's like... It's like if you were riding really hard for like craft mac and cheese in a box. <laughs> I mean, I I am not not riding hard for craft mac and cheese in a box. I do not like. I mean, sure, your artisanal panko crusted whatever yeah. is great, but like, let's get real. Can't beat the blue box. I had a friend staying with me who was from Calgary. Um, she was staying with me last week, and naturally as all good things do, we came to talk about Kraft macaroni and cheese. It's not Kraft macaroni and cheese, our Canadian listeners. Do we have Canadian listeners? We do have Canadian okay, great. Well, our Canadian listeners will understand that it's Kraft mac and cheese here in the States. It's not Kraft mac and cheese in the Canadian. What is it? Oh, it's um, Kraft Dinner. It's called Kraft Dinner. <laughs> it's not craft um, macaroni and cheese like it's just called like I'm going to make craft dinner for dinner. It's KD. It's <laughs> really funny. Right. Strangely non-specific. Right, it is also strangely non-specific. I mean, and don't get me started on what they call uh like hats, beanie, like like what we call a beanie is <sighs> oh. What do they call it? A it's, a, it's a toque. Oh yeah, it's a toque, and they call like the decals that you have like on a car. It's not decals; it's decal. Oh, did we talk about this once? Before? I don't know the whole like decal thing. It there's something about it that just the decals raises my heckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Normally, I'm very like open to pronunciations of different like of things in different countries like aluminium tickles me to no end but there's something about the word decal that is that is the wrong accent on the wrong syllable that's exactly it that is that is in the wrong place also is it spelled d-e-k-a-l like i no it's it frustrates me Canada's fun because it's like, I mean, and maybe Canadians feel the same way about the U.S., but it's fun because it's like, it's like here, but it's just a little bit off. So it's kind of like going to an alternate dimension. Yeah, it is kind of like going to the, I don't watch Stranger Things, but what is it, the upside down or something or the inside out or the upside down, other side of the looking glass. I Um, I will say. Uh, not tea or British television related at all, but in chatting with my friends from Canada, um, we naturally came to the topic of like, um, 
medical and like all of the various things that uh, one talks about when with your Canadian friends. And I was, we were at dinner and I was talking about maternity leave and I was like, I'm pretty sure like we're not guaranteed anything by law, but I could be wrong. And as I'm Googling it and I'm like reading to her, she just gets like the look on her face got ever increasing, like just terror. And she was like, she's like, Oh my God, that is terrible. I'm like, yeah, it's not great here. (laughs) It's not awesome. Like we not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. And she was like, "Wow, I knew it was kind of bad, but like you know, things are weird when you have friends who are like, wow, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad.'" And you're like, "Yep, it <laughs> sure is. is, sure is." To get back to the tea for a minute. Whoops, sorry about that. Uh, I noticed on. Presto, George, that you can blend your, you can make your own tea blend. And so I thought that in the intervening time between our next episode that you and I should take a gander at, um, you know, what's available and maybe we could, we could give a recipe to our listeners. For I would tea, love that. Tea we and sympathy blend. I think that's a great idea. I would honestly <laughs> love nothing more to, than to have like a branded this is my tea blend. Mm. This is what you do when you don't have sponsors. You just like jankily make your own. <laughs> Seriously. Can we, since we have talked about sponsors, um, look, shower cap. <laughs> shower cap. I would appreciate it if you would stop uh, trolling Sarah and me because both of us received emails from you yesterday that were marketing-related emails, but both of us thought that they might potentially be, I don't know how they would have gotten our personal emails, but like both of them, we were like, maybe it's our time. (laughs) It was not our time, but we are feeling very raw. Um, (laughs) Very fresh wound. I feel very attacked. So, shower cap. (laughs) It was triggering. It was extremely triggering, and I need you to knock it off. If you want to get in touch with us and sign up to be a sponsor, we can be reached at teaandsympathy.gmail.com. <laughs> maybe maybe we, we send the first email with uh, some sample shower caps. A coupon for a free shower cap. <laughs> a coupon for a free shower cap. I feel like I sound like... <laughs> This is, see, this is tangentially British related. I feel like when we say the word shower, <laughs> shower cap, we sound like Michael Palin's uh, character in A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh my God. Well, oh, sorry. Ooh, that, speaking of. Wow. <laughs> but I brought it back to UK. Look at that. Did you see how I did you that? Did. That's good. That's good. That's good. Excellent segue. So this week we decided to talk about um, television adaptations of John le Carre novels. Um, mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of real goodies in the last few years. There have been, yes. I speak, of course, of The Night Manager and The Little Drummer Girl, which, yeah. um, which I can tell you about now if you'd like me to. Yeah, I would love that. So um, I'll try to make this briefer than it looks on the outline. <laughs> it looks pretty. I mean, 
Doesn't. Uh, so The Night Manager is a British television serial directed by Suzanne Beer. I just put that in there because I wasn't aware previously that it had a, a female director. Yes, I um, believe I knew that only because uh, T. Hids, I believe, accepted an award for, I don't remember what he won for it, but he won a Golden Globe, maybe. And he thanked her. Well, you were one up on me on that. Mm-hmm. Um so, yes, it stars Tom Hiddleston, Hugh Laurie, um, the wonderful Olivia Coleman, the underrated, I believe, Elizabeth Debicki. Yes, 100% underrated. She is so, so good. And uh, Tom Hollander, who, if you don't recognize the name and you Google him, you'll definitely know who he is. He, Tom Hollander is always really interesting to me because Tom Hollander – he was in he's in taboo um which is the tom hardy series on fx which when the heck is that coming back because i loved that show but he's mm-hmm. also in like pirates of the caribbean i think he's been in a lot of things yeah and i'm very conflicted about tom hollander because at first glance, you're like, oh, he's a comic, like he's comic relief or he's like a sidekick. And then occasionally in roles, you're expected to like think of him in a sensual manner. And it is, <laughs> I'm not saying I don't, I'm saying sometimes I do. And then I'm very, I, it's extremely confusing for me. Tom <laughs> Hollander makes me feel a lot of things, not all of them good uh but i like him i like that he it frequently in his roles is like yeah i'm the short guy what of it he is a small man he is a small man i mean but then he plays like a like a like essentially like a you know bag man like so it's you know it's i i I feel a lot of things he makes me feel things well, he his character is. Um, I hated his character in Night Manager. First I think he of all, does a lot of characters that also. <laughs> bring I mean, I found him re- repulsive. Like every, and plus he goes by Corky, which is just like, it's jarringly because of the way his no the way his character is, and then like Corky's kind of like a cute name you give to someone you like, and he does he's very unlikable. So anyway, that's my in-depth analysis of that character. Um, <laughs> so you'll definitely recognize Tom Hollander, but The Night Manager is based on a 1993 novel of the same name by John le Carre. Um, it's a six-part series, and it ran on BBC One in early 2016, and then in the U.S. a couple months later on AMC. Um, and then I didn't know this last part, so it's been sold internationally to more than 180 countries, and a second series has been commissioned by the BBC. What? T hits. I I don't know. I didn't no. know. But like, but like, a, a night manager dose dose. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that either. But I am real pumped for that. Yeah, me too. I was excited about that. Um, I have never read a John Le Carre novel. There's I a have, lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I have. I and I think. Several of his other books have been made into movies, but they're oh, yeah. extremely good. Like as uh, movies, I very I always remember very much enjoying everything I watch. 
uh, Russia House, um, nope. Constant Gardner. Yes, I have seen that. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yep, have seen that, which, ew, Gary Oldman. Ugh. There's an older movie of Little Drummer Girl with Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. Um, and many, many, many more. Yeah, know. he's great. I, like, I love, obviously, I don't, I haven't read the books again, but, like, the movie, I, great movies. Gary Oldman aside. <laughs> uh, the basic premise for the night manager is that a luxury hotel night manager and former British soldier Jonathan Pine, that's Tom Hiddleston, is recruited by Angela Burr, played by Olivia Coleman, an intelligence operative, and he is asked to kind of navigate the worlds of Whitehall and Washington, D.C., and uh, where there's an alliance between the intelligence community and the secret arms trade, and he has to infiltrate um, the inner circle of an arms dealer named Richard Roper, who's played by Hugh Laurie. Um, and his uh, Roper's girlfriend, uh, Jed, who's played by Elizabeth Debicki. And then, of course, as we mentioned, the associate and to- oh, Toadie yes. Corcoran, played by Tom Hollander. Um, so that's one show that we enjoyed. And then sort of um, in parallel, we were going to discuss Little Drummer Girl, which is also a John le Carre novel written like 1983. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was on BBC One in the UK in October 2018, and then here in the US on AMC in November. So it's pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, and that follows, that story follows the manipulations of Martin Kurtz, who's played by Michael Shannon, another guy you definitely recognize by face, if not by name. Um, he's an Israeli spy master um, who's after a Palestinian terrorist named Khalil. Um, and the, the, t- the terrorist is bombing Jewish-related targets in Europe. And Martin recruits Charlie, um, a very young English actress, um, to be a double agent and work on behalf of the Israelis. So the, and the plot is like, <laughs> it's quite intricate, but yeah, um, I just thought this little blurb was interesting um one of the critics for vulture described the series as a lavishly produced intelligent tasteful mixed bag more interesting to think about than to watch which i don't necessarily Hmm. don't necessarily totally agree with that but i thought it was an interesting comment i can't see how he got that though i can't see why he thinks that it is substantially slower paced than the night manager uh, yeah, I would say that if you feel like tapping out of the Little Drummer Girl, don't be surprised, but I, I would say stick with it because... Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is a slow burn, um, but I think it's worth it. I loved it. I love Florence Pugh. We briefly touched on her, I think, when we were talking about this last week. We did. Um, Lady Macbeth uh is so so good and she's very very good in it and i like her a whole lot i haven't she's actually in um i actually do want to go and see this movie because it it, i've heard good things about it it's she's in a movie called fighting with my family which is the true life story of like a a wwe like wrestler um, I believe it is, I believe it is produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which I will literally, you know, go and see pretty much anything that man does. I will like, you know, 
<laughs> I, I would subscribe to like a paid chant media channel of just like his like Under Armour commercials. Um, <laughs> just because I find him delightful. That's some uh, free market research for you right there. World yeah. <laughs> television. There you things. go. Um, but she's extreme. She's in the Amazon. I don't know if it's Amazon specific adaptation, but she's uh, in King Lear, which is on Amazon with Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson and holds her own. And she is great. She's also in the Outlaw King with Chris Pine. I have not seen that yet. And I need to, because apparently there is a, uh, there's a Chris Pine scene in there that I'm very interested in seeing. Are you talking about the fight scenes? No, I'm talking about his, isn't he naked? Yes, there's a much talked about. Yeah. And like, from what I've heard, it's actually fairly like, not a big deal, but I still am interested. Well, it's always remarkable when that, you know, when there's male. male Exactly. Exactly. I am a big proponent of the female gaze. So bring it on. (laughs) Well, let's start by talking about the night manager because, um, okay. I was uh, I was slow to the party on this one. I heard I think like it had gone all the way through. I mean, I knew the the memes. I knew all the the memes and the, there were memes for this. Yeah, you know the one. I'm scene. slow on the meme game. No, what's what one scene? You know where it's Tom Hiddleston and Elizabeth Debicki. I mean, I know the scene. I- well, yes, that was widely, I knew the scene. I did not know there was a meme. Hold on, I'm going to Google it while you talk. It was widely gift or gift if you prefer. No, um, I do not. It's gift. I don't care if the man <laughs> who invented them says, what. get over it, sir. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I was familiar with all that. It had gone all the way through award season and all the buzz had like kind of come and gone before I was like, maybe this would be good. So um, we watched it over... I don't know, a couple of weeks. It doesn't take long to get through, but it's, it's, a, it's quite meaty. Like it's very, I mean, you want to watch more than one episode in a sitting or I did, but like, yeah, I definitely, I think I watched it similarly to the night uh, to little drummer girl. I'm pretty sure I watched it in like a, over the span of a couple of a week or so. Yeah. Like a weekend or something. But, but it really, I cannot find this meme that you're talking about. I s- what am I missing? Well, Should I not be searching for night manager Giffy? It's not all I'm getting is a lot of Tom Hiddleston crying. <laughs> he does cry. In that I show. mean, he does cry, and I like it. I look. I. I well, I'm clearly not getting the right one. Um, I'll find it and send it to you, but. I, I think that even if the only reason you watch The Night Manager is because of Tom Hiddleston, um, oh, I think that you'll, worth you'll be glad that you mm-hmm. popped by. Yeah. Yeah. He's, ex- he's very, also, I would just like to say that in searching for The Night Manager on Giphy, it is, uh, it's, there are also a, a weird subsection of um, stuffed animals. Oh, is it the hand-holding one? No. <laughs> no, I'll find it for you. Yeah, I'm going to need you to find it for me. I don't know what you're talking I mean, I, I can imagine what you're talking about, but. Well, anyway, um, 
I think if um, if you also are a fan of Hugh Laurie, if you're familiar with him yeah. as House, this will be a little jarring for you. Yeah, he's he's extreme. Yeah, there. This they did great casting with this. Let's talk about Elizabeth Debicki a little bit because did you Ooh, watch the, us? Did you watch the Kettering incident? No, I didn't. <laughs> Do you want to know where my second favorite Elizabeth Debicki um, acting is from? It's from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. She's the sovereign. Yeah. Um, Um, Elizabeth Debicki is six foot three inches tall. And she is. She she was also in the new movie Widows, the Viola Davis movie. And I need to see that because I feel like I would enjoy her in that. But she is... Glorious. Well, I would imagine that she doesn't get a lot of roles because of her height, because there's not a lot of men in Hollywood that are taller than that. And I think that that's probably um, a hang up for a lot of people. Do you know what I would love to see her? Uh, I would love to see like a buddy comedy for Elizabeth Debicki and Gwendolyn Christie. Oh, my goodness. What an interesting concept. <laughs> because they kind of are, ex- I mean, they're not interchangeable, but like they, oh my God, I just got it. Ready? Bosom Buddies remake with Elizabeth Debicki and Gwendolyn Christie where they dress up as men. Oh, yeah. That would be good. Right? Yeah. I, 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 there you go, Hollywood. <laughs> Free ideas. Free ideas. I mean, they did not take my overboard remake idea, and they should have, uh, because it probably would have not made that movie so terrible, but that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Well, she was in the Kettering Incident, which is a strange... I I didn't love the Kettering Incident, but um, she's good in it, and it was a pleasure to see her in Night Manager. Um, And she plays this sort of... I would say tragic figure. Um, she's like kind of. The- oh my God. She's in the man from uncle. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I knew she was in one more thing that I had seen that I loved. Please continue. I will get into. Keep going. You should keep going. <laughs> um, so she plays this kind of tragic figure. She's sort of this play thing slash companion slash girlfriend of Hugh Laurie's um, sort of cruel arms dealer person character and she doesn't really have a lot of agency um she has some kind of personal history that's she's trying to keep quiet um but that obviously Hugh Laurie is using to kind of keep her close um it seems like maybe she has um a son I think or at least family back wherever she came from that she's supporting through his auspices so anyway she becomes sort of a a prominent character because of course sparks fly between her and Tom Hiddleston and like that is absolutely a huge I am into it a huge dangerous no-no for him because he's trying to like gain the trust of Hugh Laurie's arms dealer character and you know chasing after the boss's girlfriend isn't really the way to way to go but um anyway that's i i felt like the show was very good at terrifying you like making you think that something terrible was going to happen to these people at like any given time at any given moment yeah 
Um, yeah, she's also in, I knew I had recognized, I knew her from one other thing that was not Guardians of the Galaxy. She was in The Man from Uncle, which I also feel like is an extremely underrated movie, probably because it has some of the most like very good actors, but I feel like it's like kind of now, I think prior, they, they made it. So it's The Man from Uncle has Army Hammer, uh, Henry Cavill, Alicia Vikander, and Elizabeth Debicki in it. Um, oh, I've seen that movie. I it's very good. Uh, it's one of my like favorite, like lighthearted kind of like spy movie ish. It's very fun. It's, I like it a whole lot. Um, she's very good in it. Um, it's got Henry Cavill, which I would watch him literally like do anything. <laughs> uh, and then, um, She's also in the Macbeth um, adaptation. Not adaptation. She's in Macbeth. Um, lots of Macbeth mentions. Lady Macbeth with Florence Pugh is not the same as Macbeth. She's in Macbeth um, with another one of my bays, uh, Mike, uh, Michael Fassbender. Hmm. Oh, Fassbender. Fassbender. He's a problematic bay, but I like him. He's um, very problematic. Which... So- Cavill. I know, but I feel like Cavill's slightly. We can get into a pro. <laughs> He's slightly less problematic, I feel like. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and Fastbender is married to Vikander. So look at that. It all comes around. Um, Do you think that Elizabeth Holmes stole her fake deep voice from Alicia Vikander? No. Do you think Alicia Vikander's voice is fake low? No, I think it's real low. I think that <laughs> Elizabeth oh. Holmes is fake. <laughs> I think Elizabeth Holmes stole <laughs> I think Elizabeth Holmes stole her low voice from every bro she met in college. Because if you think about it, I there's someone wrote an article on this. It's literally like her voice is the joke voice that every woman makes when they're talking about some like basic dude who's like when they're talking and they're like yeah okay cool (laughs) awesome great sweet uh sorry for that but oh i am not sorry about it at all because i am all about uh, i'm a i'm a real holmes i'm a student of the theranos debacle so i could not I, oh my God, I it put it directly into my veins. No pun intended. The whole thing. Um, all I can say is that if you've had, and then we can move on, but all I can say is that if you've had any experience with any kind of tech company or especially with a startup, it's like a lot of it, not the fraud or whatever, but a lot <laughs> of it will seem very familiar to you. So that's why it interests me. Yeah, so I, it's sort of like to... <laughs> Between between uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos and the uh, show Silicon Valley on HBO, like it's two sides of the same coin in that like one is very humorous and one is not. <laughs> but like if right, you've right. ever worked in a startup, you're like, ooh, this is too real. This is this is too close. I am yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> well, it's because of the whole like – yeah, sure. The product like totally works. Ah, yeah, <laughs> this absolutely sell this. This is what it can do. No, it doesn't do that. <laughs> it does it now because we made it happen last night, and then we can't replicate it scalably. Yeah. But whatever. You know, it's um, fine. 
So the night manager has within it one of the greatest, um, like one of the, ah, I can't talk about it too much without giving it away, but you'll know what I mean. Like when the whole like deal is coming, like the deal that Tom Hiddleston's character brings about the big arms deal. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when it all happens, you know what I'm talking about? When mm-hmm. the big moment happens. I do. It's like, I had to watch it like two or three times because it's so, it's so good. Yeah. And when I and saw it, I was like, <gasps> it's like, oh, he did that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a real good show. Yeah. It's very good. Should, I think you should watch it. I think that, um, if I love you're a fan, we're trying not to do spoilers. It's, it's real good. It's just that it's so good. I would like. I know that the show has been out for a couple of years, but it's so good. I don't want to spoil it. it. No, I don't want to spoil it. And then Little Drummer Girl. So, um, it started kind of slow for me. Yeah. Um, not because the performances aren't good, or because it's just because things start very. There's several threads that are introduced, and then the way they start to twist together, it doesn't happen right away. Right, and I think that. The little drummer girl is a little bit more um, character driven. Like the it's it's more about the relationships between the characters than it is uh, yeah. the night manager. Which, while sim- they're both very well acted and very well done, the night manager has a very specific like kind of p- pace and like drive to it. So and, I think the the night manager is less about like this the spy stuff is sort of incidental, right? For a while, where the little drummer girl is literally about the spy stuff, and like her, and it is, and it is about her. I mean, it's like her journey. It's it's she is the focus. Um, so again, like coming from a place where I didn't read the book, well, didn't I say once this podcast should be called, I didn't read the book. Um, I don't remember that, but it's accurate because um, I haven't either. I think that, um, you don't get a lot of her like internal, I don't, so I don't know how much of the book is from, is about her like inner, yeah, her inner life. But, um, like there's obviously, uh, a love interest slash tension between her and Gotti, which is Alexander Skarsgård, which, which like, yeah. Also, I am not like really on the Skarsgård train, but I really liked him in this. I'm, uh, I am not consistently on the Skarsgård train. It depends on the vehicle. Uh, so <laughs> it's a like, train. The train is the vehicle. The train. The train. No, I mean, it depends on, like, which project he's in. So, like, this one, I'm extremely on the train. Big Little Lies, meh. Uh, Him and Generation Kill, which is on HBO, and it's very good. You should watch it. Um, I really liked him in that. So, I am not a consistent Skarsgård train writer. (laughs) But I did really enjoy him in this. I think he's, um, I think he showed, this is going to sound super dismissive and I don't mean this. Uh, I think he showed a kind of like depth of acting skill that I'm not sure people associate with him, especially if you're yeah. familiar with him from Big Little Lies. 
I think if the only thing you'd seen him in that you remembered him from was Big Little Lies, um, and surprised. You, you were like put off by that. I mean, why wouldn't you be put off by that? Yeah, it's extremely. He's not a great by that performance. It's pretty awful, right? Um, I think that you would be like very surprised and um, in, quite intrigued by his yeah. performance and little. Agreed. Drama. I agree. Because you spend most of the first half of the show being like. <laughs> What is this guy's deal? <laughs> what is what is happening here? I do like that about the movie that like or about the series that it is sort of you are sort of always you're not entirely sure where it's going to end up. Yeah, and I think the book might diverge a little bit from the ending of the show. Okay. Um, I got that impression from reading the synopsis of of both, but um the synopsis, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also think that Michael Shannon is highly underrated. I love him. I will admit, uh, I haven't always loved him. Um, it took. It was very slow to warm to him in when he was in Boardwalk Empire. Um, he slightly terrifies me. But I liked I I am I like him a lot. He's very 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 good in Little Drummer Girl. Yeah, His character, the character is very hard to. I I don't know. For me, I started out really seeing him as like, you know, the good guy, like the driven good guy on the right side of. His, and then it, as the story is told, and as his interaction with Charlie um, becomes more. He's complicated. Uh, he is complicated, and you sort of start to see him through her eyes, which is like, then maybe this guy is not like 100%. 100%. I actually, this is a very specific um, point of enjoyment for me. I really, he nailed the like Israeli humor. Um, <laughs> Israelis have very, um, they have a very specific kind of sense of humor about them. Um, and like he nailed their, the like kind of delivery and just like he, he did a really good Israeli. (laughs) (laughs) He just did really well. Um, it was extremely, he, he, he got it. Good work. A plus Michael Shannon. Yeah, there was a lot of um there's a lot going on in that show like the relationship between him and his team and sort of the the way that they do all this like kind of crazy um you know they like recreated a a prison environment for this guy that they Yeah, captured. that is bonkers. I loved the British um the woman. Yeah, she's great. Um, so the way that those people like go about doing their jobs, it's kind of like they go to work at the accounting firm and like, this is what they do. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's sort of a sidebar. It's not like, it's not like a different kind of spy thriller where like the cool tricks are like the thing. This is, yeah, no, it is the work. Yeah. And uh, I kind of like, cause it's like, reminds me of, um, how like in the CIA, there's like a master of. Like, there's literally a job where he's, like, I, where whoever it is is, like, the master of disguises. Right. And, like, that's your job title. Like, that's on your business card. Like, 
<laughs> I the master of disguises. I, it's something like hilariously similar to that, but yes. And I did say that it probably helps if you have a little bit of context about the like geopolitical situation in the yeah. early 1980s, but um, I, I think it would just help to sort of clear up some of the like, here's why this is happening right now, like some yeah. context. And obviously, Do it's a not little Wikipedia, on... like just even if you go onto the Wikipedia entry for the show, it will like obviously there will be links to like the events that were transpiring around it. I think Florence Pugh's character, and again, not having read the book, I don't know if she was like faithful to John Lacari's presentation of, of Charmian Ross, but um, I love that name, by the way. It's really pretty. <laughs> I've never Charmian. heard it before. Charmian Ross. Um, I did have a, a quibble. Ooh, yes, with- I love a good quibble. Oh, it's very minor, but you know, she's so, the the whole story is that she's an actress and she has this kind of little acting troupe and they, um, I I believe it's on like trumped up reasons. They don't really get sent to um, Greece, isn't it? On their merits. Right. Like invented by. That's invented by Michael Shannon, by the Shannon crew. Um, And so she goes and that's how she sort of gets introduced quote unquote to Gotti, um, Alexander Skarsgård. And, uh, then she just goes off with him. And like, I was like, you're no like, did no one notice? Like, is this, was this a normal occurrence in this time period of just like being like, well, she met this guy. I mean, like, I guess, but also weren't they there to like do performances and it was yeah, like, and like, isn't she them? sort of like, sort of albeit in like I wouldn't say the most healthy of relationships but like she is in a relationship with one of the guides right yep yeah and then then she's just like I get they get in a fight or something and then she's like bye yeah and then she was at a terrorist training camp in Lebanon yes for what seems like an extremely long time but I also had I mean, I get that this was a plot device, but like the the American who is also in the terrorist training camp, I found that character or maybe that actor just like kind of oh, irksome and unnecessary. The one that kind of goes nuts. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's I don't know. That seems it's a pretty where... minor. Like it's a pretty minor kind of offshoot of the main plot, but still, there was something about it that bothered me. The scene where he kind of corners her in her room or whatever when they're in that camp and she, like, he's supposed to, you can tell he's supposed to smell really bad because of the way that she's, and she's so good at conveying how bad he stinks because you could feel the, like. Yeah, you could, it's, she's. The revulsion. What? Yeah. She is good at her job. So, Melissa, I came to this recording not having any earthly clue about, about what, what to watch next yep me either uh me either I mean, we're, we're gonna have a hiatus soon right because you'll be traveling yeah i will be um i'm traveling in like 11 days 12 okay. days yeah we're gonna have to have a hiatus guys um i'm not i'm just not i don't know 
What? I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> I don't mean that in like a, what do we do? Um, let's see. We've done spy thrillers this week, so we could do something more lighthearted and comedic. We could do another um, kind of outlier. Oh, like we've a- never done like an are you being served should we see if we can find like an old are you being served? I think we should do that and or keeping up appearances. Oh, okay. I'm I'm partial to are you being served, but I will happily do either. All right. Well, let's find some uh episodes of those shows and see where we might, you know, watch them in relatively decent quality and yeah, I'm fairly certain it shouldn't be too hard to find that, but anything's possible. Play us off. Yeah, I will wrap up by reminding everybody that you can follow us on Twitter at the letter T and Sympathy Pod. That is where you can get updates on when we're going to record and what shows are available and little strange things that we find interesting and want to share with you. Um, you can find us online at teaandsympathypod.com. Also links to where you can listen to all the episodes there. Uh, email us, Gmail us at teaandsympathypod at gmail.com. We would, love to hear, we, we would love to hear about some things you'd like us to watch or some thoughts you have about what we've discussed or from Shower Cap if you are willing to send us a shower cap, which not for nothing, I wear one almost every day. Um, <laughs> so, Are you parachute? Do you want to send us sheets? Shh. <laughs> you could do that too. Facebook. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash tea and sympathy pod. And of course, you can find us at Apple Podcasts and Google Play. And uh, I guess Ooh, that's it. Rate us, please. Review us. That would be Yeah, nice. give us a five star rating. I mean, yeah, you should do that. You should be okay. honest, but like if you don't like us, don't leave us a review. <laughs> Just be honest doing to yourself. And uh, I'm talking to you, Sweden. So if you like what you hear, hello, Crown Prince of Sweden. Five Swedish stars for us. <laughs> five Swedish stars, which is really just like. Seven American? No, I don't know. I was going to make like a European socialist like healthcare joke to just like bookend the start of my conversation. That, that doesn't, it doesn't track. It doesn't oh, track. I thought it was a, a kroner to dollar conversion. Oh, book. that would have been funnier. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, this is the Tea and Sympathy Podcast signing off. Bye, everybody. The Tea and Sympathy podcast is hosted and produced by Melissa and Sarah. It is recorded from Cleveland and Nashville on Zoom using Blue Snowball USB microphones. Tea and Sympathy is edited in Audacity, a free, open-source, cross-platform audio software available at www.audacityteam.org. Tea and Sympathy is hosted and published on Podbean. Thanks for listening.